Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe. I am the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the National Podcast Association. Today's Autistic Moment is always a free-to-listen-to podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, helps us learn about our barriers, to discover the strengths and tools we already have to use for the work of self-advocacy. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. For over 50 years, the Autism Society of Minnesota has been honored to support Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at AUSM.org. Please go to the new podcast episodes page of todaysautisticmoment.com where you will find all the shows and download the program scripts with all of the hyperlinks that I mentioned on each show and the interview transcripts. Interview transcripts for 2022 are sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and Community. If you want to listen to any previously published shows, go to the episode index page. Also, be sure to follow Today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Please join today's Autistic Moment community group page on Facebook, where you can talk with me and other listeners. At this time, I am announcing that the next Autistic Voices Roundtable discussion will be on Wednesday, July 20th at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. The topic that will be discussed is the dangers of medical myths. In 1998, Andrew Wakefield started the myth that the MMR measles vaccine causes autism. That claim was later studied and found to be false by numerous medical researchers. More recently, there is a myth that there is medical research to support the theory that women who become pregnant and take Tylenol that contains the painkiller acetaminophen give birth to children that are at a higher risk of developing autism and or ADHD. There is a law firm that is currently soliciting potential clients to get compensation if they took the drug and bore children who are autistic or ADHD. I believe, as do many autistics, that medical myths such as these do a lot of harm to the quality of life for autistic people as well as ADHD people. They promote the false notion that autism is an illness or disease that is and or should be avoidable. I also believe that a myth like this one can be a source of unnecessary guilt upon mothers who give birth to autistic children and ADHD children. I am seeking autistic individuals who would like to be panelists for the roundtable discussion about this topic. If you are interested in being a panelist, 
Please send an email with your questions to p-k-l-o-w-e at todaysautisticmoment.com by June 30th. Norva Media published an article this past week saying that autistic people are more likely to be transgender. Sadly, J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series, referred to this information as a, quote, medical scandal. Another sad reality is that there have been numerous anti-transgender bills passed in many states across America. These bills threaten the lives of transgender people by denying them access to gender reassignment surgery, sporting activities, and have their equal rights protections violated. In another state, the governor wanted parents who encouraged their transgender children investigated for child abuse. It is now Pride Month in June 2022. During June, we celebrate the diversity among LGBTQIA people. June 18th is Autistic Pride Day. I apologize to everyone because I had mistaken the date for June 19th. I have just been corrected about that information. I think it is vitally important that we recognize and celebrate how the LGBTQIA communities and the autistic community intersects. Each of these communities have as much diversity among them as the other. Each of these communities celebrates and struggles with the diversity within those who are similar and different from each other. LGBTQIA and autistic people have to work twice as hard to find acceptance in society, build healthy relationships, strong friendships, and how to achieve interdependence. We face marginalizations in our families, the medical communities, religious institutions, employment, economic stability, and in our struggle to live with dignity and integrity. Within each of these communities, we find racism that has yet to be addressed, ableism, and challenges with finding connections we trust. My guest today is Yen Perkis, an author, autistic, transgender, queer person from Australia. Yen's advocacy for other autistics who are LGBTQIA+, through their posts and social media networks and many books, is outstanding. After this first commercial break, Yen and I are going to talk together about the intersection of LGBTQIA pride and autistic pride. Please stay tuned to listen to this, this important conversation as we celebrate Pride Month. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on Anchor FM, Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, 
Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible. Does it feel like all your support systems are in separate silos? Does it seem like there are mixed messages and you don't know which way to turn? Being part of a system is hard. It would be helpful to have the tools in your life toolbox to help navigate those silos. Looking Forward Life Coaching can provide support to fill that toolbox to prepare you to bridge those silos. Being person-centered, Looking Forward Life Coaching equips an individual to advocate for their needs. With Coaching One-on-One, bridging the gap between the silos of services, you can feel more confident that your needs and desires are met. If you would like more information or would like to schedule a free meet and greet, please visit our website at www.lookingforwardlc.org or call us at 612-504-7414. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps change stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones towards success. Self-direction has many different names. Self-determination, consumer direction, and even PDO. But they all mean the same thing. You are in control of your long-term care. With self-direction, choose what's best for you. Hire the people that you trust. In some states, they can even be your family. Manage your long-term care expenses. Self-direction offers the same or lower cost than other options. Control your care and choose the support that is most important to you. You deserve to be supported in your home and community, surrounded by friends and activities you love. With self-direction, you can live life on your own terms, regardless of age or ability. Take control of your care. Visit gtindependence.com. Welcome back. Before I reintroduce my guest, I just want to give you a heads up about something. All of my interviews are pre-recorded, and therefore during this interview, you will hear me say that Autistic Pride Day is on June 19th. That was before I was corrected that Autistic Pride is actually on June 18th. So for those who are hearing June 19th and thinking something's wrong, you're correct, and I apologize for this error on my part. And now, please join me in welcoming Yen Perkis back to today's Autistic Moment. Yen Perkis, thank you so much for coming back to today's Autistic Moment. What a great joy it is to have you back and thank you for having me back i'm really happy to be here this is a lovely thing 
Good. Thank you so much. Well, here we are in Pride Month 2022 with all sorts of things going on around lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning, intersex, pansexual, you know, all kinds of people, queer sexuality. But we are also on June 19th, we're going to recognize autistic pride. And I didn't actually know until a couple of years ago that they do actually intersect in the same month. I learned that only very recently, only a year or two ago. And I think it's, I actually think it's, it's, um, it's quite the great intersection for various reasons. Um, you know, um, we know how, how many, uh, something about the large number of LGBTQ plus people who are autistic. We know a lot about how many autistic people identify as non-binary, such as you do. We know that, uh, for example, Tass Crombie does. We know that Lyric, Lyric Holmans does. There's so many of us who, who, who cross into that. Uh, and I've met so many queer, gay, other individuals that are autistic. So I think it's fair to say that they really do intersect. And I think it's a great thing to celebrate that. But I also think it's a good thing to talk about that uh, a little bit more in depth here. So let's talk. What information do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know when we say that LBG, LGBTQIA plus pride and, and autistic pride intersect? How can we start that conversation together? And please go ahead. I think it's really important to have that conversation around particularly gender and sexuality and autism. There's a lot of stereotypes around this. Autistic people are all supposed to be cisgender and um, asexual and reality doesn't, doesn't re reflect that. Uh, reality is that a huge number of autistic people are gender divergent. A huge number have different sexual sexualities and romantic attraction and things like that. But there's so much stereotyping and misinformation out there. And it's also in the wider disability community. You know, you're not supposed to have any kind of sexual interest if oh, yes. um, you have a disability. So I think we need to get, get onto those stereotypes and address them and challenge those because I think that holds people back. Um, mm. And I think, yeah, I think pride is a really important concept, I think. Um, autistic pride, neurodivergent pride, queer pride. Pride is about owning who you are. It's about being yourself. It's about being proud to be your wonderful, unique, um, fantastic self and about being your authentic self and being happy to be your authentic self in the wider world. I mean, coming out is such a, a concept and you know the idea that you have to come out constantly coming out is not something you do once it's not something you do in one scenario you're doing it all the time I come exactly out, I come out yeah. well, and then I have a new manager come to a new colleague and I come out again and I come out with my family and then I come out with friends of my family and coming out is is an ongoing process there's a wonderful book actually called coming out again um, which is a, a graphic novel about uh, queer sexuality gender and um, neurodiversity, it's absolutely fantastic. And it's based on that premise that, you know, you don't just come out once, you come out on an ongoing basis. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant concept and, and one that 
is definitely worth talking about. I mean, uh, you and I talked last October. There is a coming out process involved with being LGBTQ. There is also a coming out process involved with being autistic. With both of these, once we know, once we are aware of these things, there's that process of coming out, of talking about it, and choosing carefully who our conversations are going to be had with. There is that instant uh, set of stigmas that will be attached to us that will come from you know, religious individuals, they'll come from political organizations, they'll come from everywhere. That's why we need to talk about this intersection. Don't you agree? Absolutely. There's so much bigotry out there, especially in the gender space. I mean, in the sexuality space, certainly yeah. there's bigotry, and there has been bigotry for a very long period of time. In the gender space, it just seems to be that on steroids. You know, it's like I had somebody shortly after I came out, I posted a meme on my own social media um, talking about um, pride and and gender diversity and autism and this person said oh this page is about autism not gender you shouldn't post about gender and I'm thinking my bloody page um, but that kind of thing and I, I posted a, a video shortly after I came out I did a video diary um, about coming out and I posted mm -hmm. about four, four little short videos about coming out and one of them, just every troll in social media land just descended upon me and gave me a hard time. And it's really, I mean, for me, I get angry with them and that's the right response. The problem is when people turn it in on themselves and think, oh, yes, they're right, I'm dreadful. And that's dangerous and that's not okay. And that's what makes me really angry about trolls is they're endangering people's lives. Um, right. And, you know, they just keep doing it. Uh, but it yeah. is definitely a space where there is especially in gender diversity I don't understand why people care about what somebody else's gender is uh, it's got nothing to do with them uh, but sadly they do and um, yeah and I feel especially for young people who get this I, I've written a book that's coming out next month called what's it called the Aut awesome autistic guide for trans teens, and it's exactly what, what the title says. It's a guide for transgender autistic teenagers. And I know without any doubt that this book is gonna, it's gonna have some really good feedback and some people saying it's great, but it's gonna um, attract some bigotry, shall we say. Um, and I've said to the, the co-author is a wonderful person, Sam Rose, and I've said to them, we're gonna get trolled for this, but leave it with me. I'm big enough and ugly enough to take on some nasty trolls. Uh, but I do worry. Uh, and, you know, I, I think um, that kind of thing is not okay. And when people experience it, you know, people getting random violence on public transport, stuff like that, not okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, yeah, there is so much that comes out. I mean, I've watched some of the some of the trolling as well when someone says they're non-binary there's often well there's only two genders and of course they're referring to the christian jewish bible and any number of things speak you know and uh as a good episcopalian anglican i would have to say remember that the scriptures mm -hmm. are not a scientific manual that explains everything away it simply points out um you know the way things were understood by a, by a culture in history. 
and you have to you have to interpret it from that culture and history um but aside from that i mean um you know um one of the stereotypes that i worry about quite frankly and i don't know how much this is spoken of but um you know when we talk of sexual orientations diverse orientations and genders and then there's still this horrible stigma that being autistic means that you have in some people's mind an illness a sickness or whatever i do worry about a stigma being promoted that well of course they're going to be autistic because after all they're they're a, they're a sexual orientation or a gender uh, identity that isn't right with with things. Uh, I, I do kind of worry about some of that stereotyping, to be honest with you. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, often I go to a trans universe meetup every month. It's awesome. And the person who runs it is not neurodivergent, but like 80% of the people that go and neurodivergent and it's really nice it's really nice to go to a an event where most people are neurodivergent and all of the people are trans and gender divergent so um that's lovely but there are a lot of stereotypes around gender and autism and sexuality and autism. i am asexual so i live the stereotype um but I don't live the full stereotype of asexual because the full stereotype seems to be that asexual people uh, are prudes that we, we don't we don't like um, any concept. Exactly. Not me yeah. at all. Very sex positive. I think if consenting adults want to do anything, good luck yeah. to them. They enjoy it. It's just I don't want to do it myself. Um, but yeah. there is that definite stereotype that if you're autistic, then you and actually disabled more generally. Um, that you cannot have any kind of uh, sexuality. And yeah. it's almost like, I, I knew somebody years ago, I went to uni with someone who worked at a disability residential service. And most of the people there had an intellectual disability. And one of the things she was told was to make sure they didn't do anything sexual. And you just think, well, if it's in their own house, you know, and they're not hurting anyone, why should you stop them doing sexual things? Like, Good luck. Nice. But, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of pathologizing disability and sexuality. After this next commercial break, Ian Perkis and I are going to talk some more about the intersection of people of diverse sexual orientations and gender identities and neurodivergence. We're going to talk about barriers and, of course, finding those strengths and tools we already have to use for the work of self advocacy. Please stay tuned. The most important work that people do is take care of each other and the people who provide your care should have the best support. Life Superior is here to help you and your caretakers. 
This family-owned business is one of Minnesota's fastest-growing personal care providers because of the support they provide for, for their clients and coworkers. If you need a PCA agency that combines compassion and professionalism, or if you care for someone today and would like to learn how to get paid for this work, please call us at 612-824-4348 or visit us at lifesuperior.com forward slash autism. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at micommunity.org. The 4th of July is coming up in a few weeks. July 4th is not the best day for many neurodivergent people and those with PTSD because of the fireworks. The sound of fireworks can be a terrible trigger for the auditory sensory processing needs of many autistics. If you are affected by the sound of fireworks, wear your noise-canceling headphones to decrease the volume of the fireworks noise and or find a safe space where you can fidget or do something to distract you. If you are a caregiver of an autistic person of any age who is affected by such sounds, please do not make them attend the fireworks as the brightness of the lights and the loud noise from them can have serious repercussions. Let them wear noise-canceling headphones without saying negative things to your autistic individuals who react to these sounds. They are not pretending, nor do they need to be made to feel that they are doing anything wrong. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA Choice homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services. Before we launch into talking about some additional barriers, which we're already kind of talking about, but I've been thinking for quite a while now that I think that the neuro, 
the neurodiversity community is almost going in the same direction as the LGBTQ communities with regards to the wideness of our diversity. Um, as far, I don't know how it is in, in Australia, but here in the United States, um, recently, well, within well, 2013, for example, um, they added uh, um, ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, as a neurodiverse as a neurodiverse thing and so um just to give a brief history about this and this is a lot of it's coming from my own history when i first came out as gay 22 years ago oh my gosh anyway 22 years ago um most of the people around me were still saying gay or lesbian that was those were the terms they were all sticking to I remember specifically talking to some men I might have been interested to on the phone, and they were saying things to me such as that there are no bisexual men, they are simply gay men who are hiding as bisexual. And then as time went on, we started accepting gay and bisexual, lesbian, gay, bisexual. And then there was that, then now there's become that period where we're really entering into where transgender people are are being you know being more accepted as well as additional diverse sexual orientations that we weren't thinking of back then and i feel like the the community of neurodivergence is headed in a simpler in a similar direction i think we're going to see the neurodivergent quote spectrum widen as time goes on what do you think of that I think that's true, and I think it's already happening. Uh, you talk about neurodivergence, just people will say autism, ADHD, ADD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, synesthesia. Some people, and I don't agree with this, but some people put mental health conditions into there, but I don't think that's right because oh. mental health are chemical and psychological in the brain, so the thinking and brain chemistry. Neurodivergence is neurological. That's why they're called neurodivergence. So that is something that kind of peeves me off a bit when people say, oh, yes, I'm neurodivergent because I have depression. Uh, that's to my, I'm not a clinician. I'll qualify that by saying I'm not a clinician. But my understanding of neurodivergence is, is that they need to be chemi um, neurological, so brain wiring rather than brain chemistry. Um, right. Yeah. I was watching a TV show. It was one of those panel uh, quiz things. And one of the people there said, oh, yeah, I'm neurodivergent because I have synesthesia. I had to think about that because I thought, is, is that true? But it probably yeah. is. Probably yeah. is. But it's not. I mean, being autistic, there's a lot of stigma, a lot of discrimination around autism. ADHD, less so. Dyslexia, less so. Dyspraxia, probably not much stigma about that at all because no one who doesn't have it knows what it is. Um, so autism is the one, to my mind, that attracts the most stigma and discrimination. Um, and the other things are differences that have some challenges attached, but it's not quite the same. It's just my understanding. But no, I don't think mental illness conditions form part of neurodiversity, to my mind. Um, as yeah. I say, I'm not a clinician. I, I don't yeah. study this. Yeah. Well... As we enter into what are the barriers for autistic adults as we talk about this intersectionality here, mm -hmm. and part of what we're talking about, and, and again, this depends on 
what diagnostic manuals you're, you're aware of and that sort of thing, where we would say that depression and anxiety disorders and such uh, tend to be the result of stigmatizations and, and isolations and that sort of thing, where, uh, you know, where they can be clinically, quote, treated, medically treated. Uh, autism is one of those things that, um, you know, we, 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 we make help autistics manage certain things in a way, in a certain way, but we, you know, contrary to those who still believe the nonsense that it can be treated or cured, uh, it really can't be. And I say that's a big part of the barriers to that intersectionality because people are still talking about these are conditions that must be treated. They must be cured, taken care of. And so I think a lot of that has to do with the barriers, don't you? Absolutely. And I think I don't know many autistic people who want to be fixed. Uh, most of us recognise that the barriers to participation and inclusion are not barriers based on our autism as much as they're barriers based on people's attitudes around our autism. So it really, you know, I, I don't think it isn't something you can fix and you wouldn't really want to. You imagine no. there are autistic people in the world. Well, who are we missing? We're missing Greta Thunberg. We're missing Mozart. We're missing presumably Bill Gates, although he doesn't own it. We're missing Tim Burton. We're missing Hannah Gadsby. You know, th these are all wonderful autistic people doing amazing things. Um, and I think, I mean, I don't want to buy into that autism as a superpower thing because I think that's kind of patronising and annoying. Um, but I do think there are many gifts and positive attributes around being autistic. And I, I don't want to be wiped out of existence. Like, I don't want to be fixed. Uh, and you can't separate autism from a person. Like, I have schizophrenia. I can separate schizophrenia from me. It is an add-on. It is something I don't want. It's part of me that I would happily do without. Whereas my autism, I don't know what you'd take away if you took away my autism. I don't know. I don't understand that. Um, and I, it is a core part of what makes me me. Um, and I'm quite happy to be autistic, really. Uh, I know that it can be challenging sometimes. A lot of the challenges are social, so social model of disability. A lot of the challenges relate to um, other people not understanding me mm. uh, in a world that stigmatises me. Some of the barriers do relate to autism. There are some challenges, but, hey, there's some challenges around being neurotypical, you know? Uh, the whole idea of empathy. People say oh, autistic people like empathy. Well, that's not true. Um, most autistic people have quite a lot of empathy. Um, some autistic people don't, and that's quite interesting. I had a conversation with someone the other day about autism and empathy, and I said, well, actually... There are autistic people with low empathy, but guess what? There's neurotypical people with low empathy too. It's not an autistic trait. Um, it's just an attribute that anyone can have. Um, and I can't separate my autistic traits from the rest of me. It's like I can't separate my non-binary traits from the rest of me because it's part of me. Yeah. Yeah, I've recently seen a, a graphic that says that um, autistic people actually do have empathy. It's just that we often experience the emotions of almost everybody around us to a point where we, we actually, quote, internalize that. And so we're actually weighed down with emotion, not devoid of emotion. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Ooh.
Or we have alexithymia, which is where you can't access your feelings very well. So it looks like we're lacking in empathy, but actually we're doing cognitive empathy. We're being thoughtful, we're being caring, we're being kind. Most autistic people that I know are highly thoughtful and very respectful of other people and want to make sure everyone's okay. But we might not do that emotional empathy so much. And then we do the, as you mentioned, the hyper empathy thing where you pick up on the feelings of everyone around you, which um, can be quite difficult actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, I think one of those barriers to intersectionality that can happen is because you know, um, all of those stigmas and all these things, they're like, they weigh us down only so much and to take on another, it's like, do we really have to? But we don't have to take them on. Okay, yeah. let me just say, they are hurtful, they're painful, they're difficult. And we may have to take on some therapies to overcome them. But um, as I've been talking throughout 2022, on a lot of my podcasts, we have this medical model that is a diagnosis that says we have something that needs attention. We have we have these, but we also have what we call the social model, which was my premiere to this year. There's a medical and the social models. We're talking about the social model that exists in the intersectionality of a diverse sexual orientation and or gender identity and being autistic, we're saying during this month, we are proud of that intersectionality because of the gifts that we have, because of both of those. I think that's what we're trying to say here. What do you think? I think so, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I think we should be proud of who we are. We overcome a lot of difficulties. We make a big difference in the world. Um, we have the right to exist. I wrote right. a blog post yesterday, actually, which was called, what was it called? I'm not autistic enough. I'm not trans enough. Um, finding my way to acceptance or something like that. And it was all about that idea that other people put onto you that you're not, you're not enough. So the one that got right. me with autism was a manager who said to me, oh, didn't say to me, said to a colleague who passed it on to me. She said, oh, Yen shouldn't say they're autistic, they're too mild. So that's somebody else imposing their views of what autism should look like onto me. Right. And Absolutely. the other is I'm not trans enough. Now that was one that I imposed on myself, but other people have definitely imposed that on me as well. I had somebody say, oh, you're not non-binary because you wear a skirt. Right, I mean, yeah. No, my skirt had a gender. Um, but those things where people impose upon you what your identity should look like, really right but very very common and people seem to think that you know it's okay to do that but it really isn't no it really is not yeah well let's talk about um what steps should autistic adults and our supporters need to take um to discover those tools and strengths we already have and use for the work of self-advocacy uh, this is one of my, this is my favorite question of the show because, yeah. because LGBTQIA plus people are in an, uh, you know, are advocating for themselves all the time. And as autistic people, we need to be advocating for ourselves too. We are intersecting the, 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 the self 
um, advocacy is in itself an intersection of both of all those identities. Let's talk a little bit about that if we can. I think understanding is key. I think listening to people, um, looking at content by neurodivergent and um, gender divergent and uh, queer people is really important. And having those conversations, looking at content by individuals who are autistic and LGBTQI plus, that is really yeah. important. Um, and yeah, becoming an ally and learning what an ally actually means, because some people think an ally means that you, um, you know, project your views on, on people and say, oh, I'm doing this amazing, wonderful thing. Look at me. That's not yeah. an ally doesn't make it all about themselves. An ally is about genuine support and standing by that person if anyone is uh, difficult. I think the yeah the social model is really important as well, and understanding that, and understanding that we're not broken, we're just different. Right, exactly. Yeah, we're not broken. That's the title of Eric Garcia's magnificent book, and uh, I've had him on a couple of episodes, including one about yeah, including one about overcoming internalized ableism. He's incredible. Um, yeah, but. You know, this advocacy, um, I think um, the fact that we have to do advocacy as autistics for our pride within the LGBTQ community can really be one of those things where, you know, LGBTQIA plus people, we work towards our own self-acceptance, our acceptance among society that really doesn't accept us and then there's being autistic and being among those that we have to do our own our own work of self-advocacy within those communities that can be so difficult everything from dating to finding our social circles to you know finding um those places where we feel like we're we're included or we belong there i think i think you know working on finding the finding that those places where we we may we ourselves do our advocacy of fitting in i think that is so important do you think yeah absolutely i've, I've found in my experience the lgbtqia plus community is a really generally generally a very inclusive place and when i've attended events and conferences I felt very welcomed, um, more so than some other communities, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I found it really helpful and really positive to be part of that queer community. Um, it's lovely. I know that's not the case for everybody. Some people have felt excluded and things like that. I think the fact that I come to the world with a massive profile probably makes my experience a bit different to other people's experiences. Um, which is a bit weird, but um, that, that's yeah. how it is. Um, because I came up in 2018 as non-binary. And so I already had quite a following in the neurodivergent community. So a lot of people knew who I was. So that made yeah. me too, if I just come in and I find I'm a lot more socially confident while I'm well known, because I'm used to being in crowds full of people that, that know me. And it's very weird, really. Um, I think it gives me a different experience to somebody who maybe didn't have that, those attributes. Uh, but I have found the queer community in Australia um, and around the world to be really 
lovely and inclusive. And I've found that I work in human resources in diversity and inclusion, and always the, the pride network is the really lovely network. Um, so yeah, I think queer, don't want to make a blanket statement, but queer people, yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. Yeah. One of the things that I have found to be remarkably interesting because, but I have found myself in the presence or speaking with um, autistic individuals who, who tend to be more, tend to be heterosexual but actually find themselves as part of the queer communities. I find that extremely interesting, hmm. you know, and I, and I, I mean, I mean, I don't, I still come from, I come from the, the, the time when the word queer was not a kind word. Yeah. It was not meant to be kind to anybody. And now we're seeing that that word queer is a word that people are using in a positive sense yeah. and so um i like i said i i'm just amazed at 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 the queer and the autistic identities intersecting um i i i don't think that's an accident but i think it is extremely interesting and i think it's quite exciting um because of all that those things can mean Absolutely, I agree. There's that whole concept of autigender, which is like a separate neurotype that's autistic and gender divergent. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. I've been thinking about that for a while. I think I quite like it. I think I'd be happy to apply that to myself um, uh. because it is very common to meet other autistic, um, transgender and non-binary people. Um, it's lovely. I think it's fantastic. When I came out, I spent about three months after I came out just wanting to dance down the street and say, yay. Yeah, um, yeah it was lovely. Um, and uh, I'm very proud, I'm very out loud and proud. Um, yeah, yeah. Identity, yeah. I think. And I think identity is so important for people from various intersectional groups. I think identity is absolute key. And knowing who we are, being proud of who we are, it's just lovely. It's such a, yeah. a, a liberation. It's a liberation. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think that is so important. Yeah. Um, here in Minnesota, um, in the Twin Cities, Twin Cities Pride, um, the Autism Society of Minnesota has, for a few years now, we do have a safe tent as part of our Pride Festival here. That is a wonderful, wonderful thing because uh, personally, I go there and I, I can, I just stay there. I don't because our, 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 the park is so crowded and it's hot and humid, and we go in there and it's, there's a little air conditioned space, and it's just us autistics in there just using that time to cool down, do some stimming, do something to kind of take us out of the out of the big crowds. And I think it's just so wonderful that we have that there. And, um, you know, um, speaking for myself, when it comes to being part of the, you know, LGBT, LGBT communities, for me being part of the gay bear communities, yeah. I have discovered since I was diagnosed that 
you know, the loud bars with the music, the crowds, the drinking and stuff, it's not a place for me. It just is not. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful that the Autism Society of Minnesota has found a way for us autistics to have our space for us. I love that. That's brilliant. When I go to my trans meetup, which is a bit smaller than your pride event, but um, the person who organizes it, who's not neurodivergent, but she always says, um, if people want to stim, then please do. This is a stimming friendly space. So I quite like that. Yeah. 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 Love yeah. It. Yeah. I think that's important. After this final commercial break, I will conclude my interview with Jen Perkis, followed by today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Please stay tuned. Many of the listeners of today's Autistic Moment are in places where they cannot find up-to-date information about autism. Other podcasts focus on the medical model, including treatments and cures for autism, without listening to the voices and concerns of actually autistic people who want to live happier and more fulfilling lives as they are. Today's Autistic Moment is helping autistic adults find each other and join the movement for neurodiversity to make the world a better place for neurodivergence. The podcast is always free of charge because autistic adults and people who care about autistics listen to and support my work. When you go to todaysautisticmoment.com to purchase a spinner fidget or click on the blue button to subscribe to my Patreon page, you are helping me to make this podcast better and better with each show, guest, and transcript. You can purchase a spinner fidget for $4.99 plus sales tax shipping and handling and or subscribe to my Patreon page starting at $1 a month or more by going to todaysautisticmoment.com right now. Thank you for supporting Today's Autistic Moment. company or organization that works with or wants to work with neurodivergent entrepreneurs? Are you overwhelmed with writing documents and social media copy? Well, look no further than Taz Thoughts LLC, neurodivergent owned and operated writing company. We do the writing so you don't have to. Remember, be kind, keep an open mind, and contact us today at tazthoughts.com so you can hire neurodivergent. Today's Autistic Moment continues the celebration of Pride Month on the next show. On June 20th, the episode The Intersection of LGBTQIA Pride and Disability and Autistic Pride will take a slightly different turn. 
I will be joined by Andrew Gerza, who is a gay person with cerebral palsy and an exceptional advocate for all disabled people through his own podcast, Disability After Dark, and social media presence on several platforms. Andrew and I will talk together about what is happening with disabled people who are LGBTQIA+, as well as autistic people. Andrew is going to talk about what is happening with disabled people in general, while I will be talking about what is happening with autistic people. Andrew will share a heart-wrenching story with you all about an incident of abuse that he experienced from a professional caregiver. I am making a one-time exception for him with regards to his use of language as he tells this particular story. It is important that people hear what is truthfully happening to disabled people. The content may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. July and August, I will be hosting the Summer of Self-Care series, SOSS. On July 4th, Becca Laurie Hector will talk about self-care during seasonal depression. On July 18th, Zephyr James will join me for a conversation about self-care during sensory overload or meltdown. Becca Laurie Hector will be my guest on August 5th to talk about self-care during a crisis and will return on August 19th to talk about self-care during an election year. I am in the process of planning shows for the fall and season three in 2023. If you have any suggestions or would like to be a guest, please send an email to PKLOWE at todaysautisticmoment.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment. around inclusion around neurodiversity I think things are definitely changing for the better which is good and that's yeah. all people like yourself and me and dozens of other hundreds of other advocates doing good work when absolutely I, yeah when I started doing this it was 2005 um, there were in Australia I think there were maybe five autistic advocates doing things um, and now there are literally hundreds and it makes me extremely happy. And I'm hoping one day I might be able to retire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, you know, I think part of it is just finding a space where you feel like you can advocate for and with us. That's your particular thing to do for me. It's become podcasting and social media sharing and writing and that sort of thing. If those are the things that you use to to find your spaces, use them, make make use of them, do do what you can with them. You don't have to be someone who does everything. And yeah. I think 
yeah, I think that's important to uh, to do that. Um, okay. Sorry, it's lovely yeah. because there's so many people doing it as well and everyone has a different angle for what they do. Like some people focus on one area, focus on another, and it's just brilliant. Sorry, I'll let you ask your question now. No, 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 no. Um, yeah. So um, tell us about any of your newest books lately. I, I do follow you on LinkedIn and I see that you've got books coming out. Tell us about some of your most recent writing projects. So the one that just came out this year is called, I wrote it with Barb Cook, who edited Spectrum Women and is quite well known and is very lovely. And this one's called the, um, author, what's it called? The Autism and Neurodiversity Self-Advocacy Handbook. Exactly what nice. it's Yeah, it's gone really well. Then I've got one coming out next month, which I mentioned before, which is the um, Awesome Autistic Guide for Trans Teens. So that's for teenagers that are trans and gender divergent and autistic. Um, as I say, that's awesome. It's going to change the world and we're going to get trolled to the ends of the earth. But uh, I'm prepared for the trolling, so it's all good. Uh, well, it's not all good. People shouldn't troll authors, but anyway, they do. Um, I've got one that I'm writing also with Barb Cook called, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's about using passionate interests to find work uh, for neurodivergent young people. I've got one for a different publisher, which I also can't remember the title of, that's all about my own lived experience of autism and mental illness. And it's actually an academic book for an academic publisher and it's aimed at medical students. Mm. So, um, that one's a bit of a nightmare because the, the, the publisher is very hands-on and so they keep coming back to me with all these edits. So, um, yeah. And then I've got one that came out last year, which is probably relevant in this space, which I wrote with Dr. Wen Lawson, who is okay. the most awesome people I know. And we wrote this book called The Autistic Trans Guide to Life. Um, hmm. The Trans Autistic Guide to Life, I can't remember, but it's blue. And well, blue and pink, it's the translate colours. Um, but that's Very my nice. most recent um, forays into literature land. I do have, including the ones that are in production that I'm writing, I have 13 of them, which is way too many. Wow. Yeah, that's books yet, and that's just ridiculous. That's that's kicking over achiever goals to a ridiculous degree. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, before I uh, say thank you to Yen, I just want to remind my listeners that there is a second show coming during Pride Month that is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the intersectionality of LGBTQI plus disability and autistic pride. And it's one of them, one of the, uh, an incredible activist uh, named Andrew Gerza. Uh, he is an individual with cerebral palsy. Um, so he is gonna bring in the, uh, the disability pride part and I'm gonna be bringing in the autistic pride part. And so we're kind of gonna merge all these together and it should be quite the exciting and very, very, very interesting show. Um, if you don't follow Andrew Gerza on Twitter or other places, you're really missing one of the most, um, you're missing an advocate who is not ashamed to say what he says. And, and he's, he's quite spot on. Um, 
sometimes too bluntly for his own good. Uh, but yes, uh, you know, but I do encourage you to come find that. Yen, I am always grateful to have you on today's Autistic Moment. You have such brilliant things to share. As you know, I follow and use your, um, what do you call it, your, 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 your little quotes that I, your quotes that I find. And, and I know many people do find them uh, to be quite um, powerful and, and they speak right to, right to us with things that we're feeling or experiencing in that, in that present moment. So thank Yen, you. thank you so much for being on again today. And, uh, you know, so, and of course, uh, happy pride. Oh, thank you, Santi, and thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. All of these events announced with the links can be found at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash bulletin board forward slash. Understanding Autism virtual classes will be offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota. These classes are perfect for autistic individuals, caregivers, those who want to understand the basics of autism and support autistic people. Classes will be held on June 20th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., July 18th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., August 14th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., September 19th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., Classes are free of charge, but you must register to attend. Registration is now open to attend the fall virtual classes for the Autism Direct Support Certification at the Autism Society of Minnesota. Classes will be held on September 9th, 13th, 23rd, 30th, and October 7th. Scholarships to attend are available, but you must register soon. The Autism Society of Minnesota invites autistics to submit your application online now to speak on a variety of topics at the 5th Annual Autistic Community Summit on Saturday, September 17th. All applications are due by July 2nd. Send an email to zjames at ausm.org. That's z-j-a-m-e-s at ausm.org if you have any questions. Go to ausm.org for more information about these or other events at the Autism Society of Minnesota. If you are hosting any events for autistic adults and want them announced on today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board for the show on June 20th, please send them in to me by 4.30 p.m. on June 17th. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Looking Forward Life Coaching. Looking Forward turns stumbling blocks into stepping stones towards success. Go to lookingforwardlc.org for more information. If you would like to have your business or organization mentioned, have questions or comments about today's Autistic Moment, please send an email to PKLOWE at todaysautisticmoment.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. May you have an autistically amazing day.